When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And conveniently, right as we hopped on to record this, we got a little bit of breaking news um, about the Packers coaching staff, which was already the plan to talk about. So worked out really well. But first, Perry, how are you doing? I'm good. It is a long weekend for me, so I'm happy to not be working today through... I don't go back to work until Tuesday. Could not be happier about it. Are you one of those people that gets off for President's Day? No, I just took President's Day off. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> going to meet with my family. And, nice. Uh, yeah. Going to bring I, the little the pup up to the mountain. Aw. Yeah, I've no never pup. been skiing. Really? Never. But I would love to. You know, I was not per se gifted athletically as it, as it stands for <laughs> – um, you know, the, the classic athleticism as one sees it. I was a gymnast, so I am athletic, but so you're hella athletic. But the one sport that I still to this day am very good at is skiing. I'm a very good skier and I love it. It's my happy place. So I'm looking forward to going with my family because it was a family activity we did growing up. I love that. Uh, the only thing I can do is I have a really good lefty spiral that I you do. So Maggie will like tackle. <laughs> like we played backyard football when we were up at Lambeau and Maggie goes hard. Football is my favorite sport. Like I wanted to be that girl that joined my middle school football team. And then my parents said no, because I had braces. So <laughs> what does braces have to do? Because that, you know, like my teeth were really expensive and my mom oh, didn't want me to like that messed up. Yeah, that's fair. Orthodontic yeah. care is very expensive. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, maybe people did tune in to listen to us talk about this. That can be that can be an off-season topic is what we're really good at and what we're really bad at. But all right, so breaking news yesterday was that the Packers hired Tom Clements as quarterback's coach. And for those unfamiliar with Tom, he used he was previously with the Packers coaching staff um, from 26, 20, wow, 2006 to 2011. He was the quarterback's coach, which means that he was with Aaron Rodgers when the Packers won their Super Bowl. So... Perry, did you have any initial thoughts? Because when I heard that, I was like, oh, it's game over. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been feeling like some of the moves, tangential moves that the Packers were going to make would give us like an indication of what was happening with not just Aaron Rodgers, but the team and the roster. And this move to me is a classic example of they're not like outright saying Aaron Rodgers is coming back. 
But Tom Clemens doesn't come out of retirement back to a team he previously worked with, back to a potentially a quarterback that he helped develop if he's not going to be working with that quarterback. And again, like we kind of joked, right, that, oh, well, maybe Tom wants to develop Jordan. No, he's not coming back to develop Jordan Love. This is a pretty clear sign to me that Aaron Rodgers is at least going to come back for the 2022 season. Yeah, and I think it was Rob Domofsky yesterday with ESPN that had like pulled some of those quotes that Rodgers had said about Tom Clemens, but like really unprompted, he would just bring him up a ton, you know, calling him one of his favorite coaches, one of those really influential coaches in his career. So you know that the relationship was there. And I, I agree with you. As, as fun as it is to joke about like, oh, he wants to, you know, go on that same trajectory with Jordan Love that he did with Kyler Murray because he was involved in Murray's, you know, rookie of the year. But it's not happening. This is one hundred percent for Aaron Rodgers. And I did I did a little digging with my dad because for those of you listening, if you don't know, Notre Dame is our is our college team and in, in our household. So obviously there's the relation to Notre Dame there. And so my dad's a huge fan of this move. And we were doing some digging, and it's not even like he has any ties to Matt LaFleur either. Like, this is not yeah. even – it can't even be kind of, like, construed as, like, oh, Matt LaFleur, you know, gets he's gone. Matt LaFleur wants to bring in his guy. Like, this isn't even Matt LaFleur's guy. Like, this is Rodgers' guy coming back. So we talked about this a little bit in other episodes, but – with this happening now with Aaron Rodgers, what do you think this means? Like, do you think this is the Packers committing to one more season, trying to go all in, and then Tom Clements is going to retire and Aaron Rodgers is going to retire? Or do you think we're going to see an extension now and maybe Rodgers stays in Green Bay for two, three, four seasons? So I'd actually challenge that and say, I think that even if we do see an extension, I'm not sure if that even means that Rodgers stays longer than the 2022 season. Like, I think that an extension could be also used as a way to get the Packers under the cap for 2022 and just then just figure it out from there. So I don't know. I try not to think too far ahead. I mean, it's so difficult to think past the 2022 season at this point. So for now in my head, I'm thinking he's back for another season and barring any major changes, I'd say like, like health wise for himself. Cause he's going to be 39, right. He's, he's not a young spring chicken. Um, so barring any like health changes or anything like that, I am at, I mean, Rogers has said he wants to play well into his forties. And if he just had back to back MVP season, so sure. An extension could mean maybe they keep him, but, and I think we're going to dive into this a little bit more, but you know, the Packers also spent a first round pick on a quarterback. And so they have to, at some point make a decision about what they want to do with that quarterback if they want to get something out of him on his rookie deal. And if it means it's just a sunken cost at this point, then sure, there's plenty of first-round picks that become sunken costs. Um, but I don't necessarily me equate, if you will, an extension with Rodgers staying for a number of years to come. Yeah, so this was actually really interesting. On Pack-A-Day yesterday with Kyle and Andrew, um, they had been doing a series looking at the rest of the NFC North teams and kind of what you would expect to happen with those those rosters. And one of the things they talked about was whether or not it's possible to trade Kirk Cousins, who has a, a really huge cap hit, and what that could mean. So thinking about a, a player like Jordan Love, who is not a proven commodity, like, you know, he has like one NFL start under his belt. Do you think there's a market for him? And do you think even an extension with Rodgers kind of does that ship sail with Jordan Love or do they keep him because he's a rookie and potentially he's the guy in 2023? Yeah, all interesting questions. Um, I think as long as the – let me rephrase that. 
I think as long as he's on his rookie deal, there's still value in keeping him with the Packers. If anything, he is a better backup than majority of other backups out there. Um, and there's still room for improvement. And even in some of his, if he continues to develop, even in his limited starting showings, Kansas City, not the best example, Detroit Lions, a little bit better. Again, let's say he gets more exhibition time in the preseason and in 2022 has another like week 17 start and he looks better than he did last this past season, then that's trade value if at the end of the day it's just Rodgers all the way through. Um, I don't know how much value he has otherwise at this point. I mean, there could be another team that had him high on their draft boards. There's plenty of teams that need quarterbacks that would maybe take a flyer and send the Packers a second round pick for Jordan Love. Like I think that's fully possible. I just he just hasn't like shown anything. It would just be another team rolling the dice on him. Now I say that it sounds so callous. I hope Jordan Love is successful. I thought that he him and Jalen Hurts in that class were my favorite quarterbacks if the Packers were going to take one. I you watch his 2019 at Utah and it's just unbelievable right he looks like Rodgers he has so much talent so I do hope that if it's not with the Packers that wherever he goes he's not just sort of this lost roaming quarterback and that someone takes the time to develop him into a starter yeah and I think that's we've talked about this you know in previous episodes when we talk about quarterback development there's plenty of guys like you know Josh Rosen is an example that always comes to mind to me as somebody who did not get a fair shake and now you know, their career trajectory is that they've fizzled out and they're on a practice squad or not playing in the NFL. And, you know, I would hate for that to happen to Jordan Love because, you know, we saw what happened when Rodgers had to sit for a couple seasons. And I'm not saying Jordan Love is about to go be Aaron Rodgers somewhere else, but I think there is a value in sitting quarterbacks. And it's kind of something that we haven't seen lately. The, the kind of new trend is to play your quarterbacks when you draft them. And sometimes it works. Sometimes you get a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow, but there's other times where it doesn't work out maybe like Mitch Trubisky and now he's a backup somewhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we won't know, but I think I do understand where the Packers are coming from. Like if you, regardless of the results for the past three seasons, if you want the best shot possible to win a Super Bowl ring, it is and always will be with Aaron Rodgers leading your team. Um, that's not a question at all. So if the, if the scenario here is, Rodgers is done. Rodgers wants out, whether it's in a trade or he's retiring, then yes, I want Jordan Love to be incredibly successful. But of course, when you're evaluating two of these quarterbacks, the, the scales aren't even weighted properly. It's always going to be Aaron Rodgers will give you the best shot at, at winning, um, regardless, again, of the, the Packers playoffs uh, history in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, so I think like, you know, the Tom Clements move is telling to the extent that it likely means Rodgers is coming back, but you already kind of said, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean too much, even if there is an extension, it doesn't really give us a, a future glimpse. I think, you know, the next couple of weeks and as free agency opens up, that's when we'll get kind of a better sense of, are the Packers going to blow this thing up or are they going to put all the chips into the middle of the table for like one more go at this? And it, do you have a sense, like, do you think knowing the conservative nature of the Packers front office, if they're going to lean one way or the other with how they kind of build this 2022 team. I think if Rogers comes back, there's literally only one way to do this. You can't half-ass this. You are yeah. half, you are going to have to put all your chips into the table, restructure extensions, 
um, franchise tag if you need to. Like you have to, you got to go kind of Rams at this point with Aaron Rodgers. There, there, there's no if you do this like middle ground, you're not only hurting your chances to win right now, but you're also hurting your future with the cap. So that's the only real option at this point. Um, and again, what what that looks like maybe not be the Rams as in big name, big signings, but could be again the Devontae Campbell, the Rasul Douglas level, like all in type of of full year roster building that Goot likes to say. If on this very off chance, because I feel like we're both in the same camp where it just looks like it's going to be Rodgers again in 2022. If in the off chance it's not, then yes, you tear it all down. You get as much capital as possible. You just say screw, like the cap is screwed this year. This is just a year we got to start the, I don't want to call it a rebuild, but restructure, if you will, of the team. Um, I just think either way that that middle ground kind of half-assed mediocre is going to hurt you both now and in the future. So you can't do that. Do you think there's a world? Because I think we're only kind of crediting Rodgers as like going to the Broncos because of Nathaniel Hackett. Do you think there's a world where the Packers would be okay with trading Aaron to a team like the Eagles, like an, an NFC potential contender, maybe even for a wild card spot, knowing what kind of draft capital they have. Like, do you think the Packers would would sway on the NFC versus AFC kind of trade idea if they can get the largest return from an NFC team? That's a good question. I feel like you de- you obviously don't want to be trading one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game to an NFC com- you know um, opponent, but at the same time, like if you're going to get the most bang, like if they're willing to send you three first round picks and three like top tier players with it, you just, you take what you can get and then hope that your rebuild lets you become a contender again. I I don't know if you can be picky based off AFC or NFC. If um, a team is willing to send you what that player is worth. Now my, my thinking honestly, and I've been, I don't know if people out there are avid Andrew Brandt, readers but I am an avid Andrew Brandt follower and I love his Sunday 7 his newsletter um and he he usually is pretty spot on with these things and I've been reading a lot and it's made me think like you look at Matthew Stafford right great great quarterback obviously just won a Super Bowl this year they got a haul the Lions got a haul for him I just don't know if there's a team that has enough capital or wants to give up enough capital for what Aaron Rodgers is worth right now. Back-to-back MVP and he's like Aaron freaking Rodgers. Like, just think about what that would do. You'd be giving up so much for one player, which, again, the most important player at the most important position, but to the maybe detriment of the rest of your team. I actually feel like Rodgers may be too good for the trade market. Is that a crazy thing to say? No, because I mean, I think the Rams are a really good example of that. Like they gave up a lot to get Matt Stafford and, and it worked for them. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl. They did everything that you'd want them to, but now they're looking at a situation where they have just completely mismanaged so much money going into the future that, you know, it's like, it's a good thing that you got the one that you did because it's going to be really hard for you to, to get back to this place where, you know, we talked about it last week with the Bengals, you have the ideal scenario where you have a quarterback on a rookie contract and you can build the rest of the roster around them. I 100% agree with you that I don't think there's a world where you can trade Aaron Rodgers and the players that you would need to trade to make that an equitable 
you know, an equitable trade to then, you know, you're, you're blowing up the rest of your team to bring in a quarterback. And then, you know, for like the sake of, you know, losing all your best players on defense or something. Exactly. Right. Or like you're sending him to the Broncos and you're giving up your young stud wide receiver and Jerry Judy, and you're giving up your young stud and like Justin Simmons, and you're giving up all this, the rest. And then it's, well, yes, you have Aaron Rodgers, but what does the team around him look like? And can you even win, even though you've just upgraded again at the most important position on the team? But how does that like weigh out with the way the rest of the roster looks after that trade goes through? And I, I think it's just a really interesting position that Rodgers has put himself in because, again, never going to complain about someone being a back-to-back MVP for your team. But I think he's like actually outpriced himself of even being traded if that was something that he wanted. Now, obviously, you're thinking about it like, oh, yeah, well, Tom Brady went to a new team. Tom Brady went to a new team because he finished out his contract and became a free agent and got to choose where he wanted to go. It's a very different situation. Yeah. And just acquiring, you know, his assets, we talked about it, you know, he said he's not going to a team that's rebuilding. So that already completely eliminates, you know, a number of teams. And then you think about even like a situation like the Eagles. Yes, they have three first round picks, but these teams need all the picks they can get right now to retool their roster. So you, you don't want to send him to a, t- a team that you the Packers benefit obviously by taking all of those picks and then strengthening the roster around Jordan love, but yeah. other teams looking at potentially even trying to acquire him are putting themselves behind the eight ball. I think. Exactly. Exactly. You said something interesting that I think also answers a previous question, which is, what do you think the Packers do in this scenario? And I think you said it like Rogers doesn't want to be part of a rebuild either. So if you are thinking about everything that happened last off season and the relationship he's been able to build with good in the front office and everything's good. Now you imagine that he has like some level of say in like the building of this roster or having like input into what he thinks this team needs. And if that's the case and he's outright saying, I don't want to be part of rebuild I can't see the Packers then going against him after all the work it's taken to rebuild that relationship and say, okay, we're actually going to tear it down, you know? And I, and I don't think they necessarily need to do that in order to win. And you and I, before we started recording, read a really great article by Zach Cruz about the way that they can kind of like manipulate the cap to get into a better space and maybe keep some of the talent that they, that they want to keep that might go into free agency here. But there's no part of me now, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, is thinking this is going to be a rebuild. It's just not going to be. It's going to be chips all in, just run it back again. Yeah, and I think the Packers are in a good position, even you know thinking about some of the players they'll either extend or lose. Like, unfortunately, it you know doesn't seem like Zadarius Smith would come back, and you know whatever happens with some of your wide receivers, it's not like the Packers are where the Rams are right now with the number of picks they have. Like the Packers are in the kind of the same position that they were last season, where if they hit on a couple picks in this draft, if they get another Eric Stokes or just you know that kind of value, they're really close to where they need to be already. You know you're hoping that the extensions and, you know, the releases and the restructuring makes room for guys like Devante and maybe Devondre and maybe Russell Douglas. But if those things don't happen, I, it's hard to say, you know, the Packers aren't any worse for where if they're losing all pros, but you know, yeah. they, they just need a couple pieces to hit in the draft. And I think they have enough capital that they can probably make that happen. I hope so. I, I hope that there is a mentality within the building. And I think that there is like based off, moves that have been done historically just around willingness to restructure and willingness to take certain deals that maybe give players big signing bonuses, but low yearly, you know, 
salaries and, and ways to kind of structure this so that they can go out and get pieces or even keep guys that led to the success of this team this year. And namely, I'm thinking Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. You know, you keep that back end and you get a healthy Jair. That's a phenomenal secondary. You keep Devondre in the middle of the field. You've got your all pro inside linebacker who wants to stay with the team that allowed him to become the player that he is and became an all pro there. But the players are going to need to be willing to restructure and and change their deals in a way. And they know the deal, right? Like they, they know what this business is. They know why they're doing things like this. They they're going to get paid. I just think it's interesting and we should start looking out for, you know, maybe Bach restructures, maybe Kenny Clark restructures. I'd love to see them get Jair Alexander's extension done and out of the way. Right. Um, I just don't know well, the thing that I've been struggling with and I'd love to get your thoughts on is okay. Rogers comes back. Maybe they do something to get his cap hit a little bit lower, but it's not going to be anywhere near like low enough. Maybe they franchise tag Devonte. Maybe they end up giving him extension still like both the, them, just the two of them alone are massive, massive cap hits. And so I'm thinking like, yes, they're your two best players without a doubt and you need them to win. But at what point are they so detrimental to your ability to roster build with the money that's left after them? Like I I struggle with that because you don't want to lose them, but you also don't want them to hamstring you to the point where you can't bring back some of the guys you want to or bring in free agents that you want to. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's really interesting, too, because Aaron Rodgers, you know, last offseason when he had said he was coming back and kind of that introductory presser, he was talking about how Green Bay is not a vacation destination and people are going to the team to play with him. But at what point is he, his, you know, signing or, you know, the extension counterintuitive to the team as a whole? Because obviously he deserves money. Devontae deserves money. And I think David Bakhtiari is a really good case study of why you get your money when you can, because if you're coming up on a contract here and you blow out your ACL, that's horrifying. And that changes the trajectory of the kind of money that you can make long-term. But if, if people aren't coming to green Bay, like for the scenery and for the weather and they're coming for Aaron Rodgers, at what point do you take less to give yourself one last shot? And I think that's kind of like, you know, the dilemma right now for the entire roster is, are we confident enough that we, I think the vibe is like, what the hell happened in the divisional round? We should have gotten all the way. And if if you think you can get closer this year, then I guess you do it. But at what point are the players going to be like, no, nah, man, like the, <laughs> we we were close enough. And at this point, we just got to accept what's happening and, and kind of restructure. Yeah, I think so you bring up such an interesting point because I think as long as you do have Aaron Rodgers under center, players are going to take that gamble yeah. and stay in Green Bay. And say, no, 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 we know what we have. We've got 12. We can do this. And then, in, but instead, you've got a rookie. Not every player, if they have the leverage enough, let's say, to go out and get a deal somewhere else. Because there, there are some players that might not. But let's say you're looking at a, I don't know, Robert Tunyon or as like a, an interesting example, right? He's certainly going to garner interest in the tight end market. Yeah. Definitely could get a deal done somewhere else with another team. I imagine there's plenty of teams that would want to keep him. He is Aaron Rodgers' guy. So I think they have a better shot of keeping a Robert Tunyon if Aaron Rodgers under center. And I think they lose a Robert Tunyon potentially if, if it's a different quarterback. Because he says, eh, 
I think right now is my best shot to go get the deal that I want, the big deal for myself. And I don't think I'm potentially going to win here or am I going to have a role here or how is this going to impact me in the future if I'm on a team that ends up, say Jordan Love ends up not being good, right? In this case example. And it, it, it's a detriment to him and his career and his potential to get money to stay in a situation. It's a huge gamble. So he says, nah, Rogers is out. I'm going to go get my money somewhere else. I'm going to go play somewhere else. Even if it is another losing team, at least I know my only guarantee here is that I'm getting paid. Yeah. And I think the Bengals are another kind of example of that. You know, right after the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl, we saw all the betting odds about like which down for the count team this year could pull a Cincinnati next season, you know, like Jaguars, uh, Giants were one of them. I think Panthers were on the list. So, you know, th- there's nothing to say too that Tunyon can't go get like 12 mil somewhere and be like, oh man, I'm with the Jets. Then the Jets happen to squeak into the playoffs. Like, I think that's kind of what yeah. makes this all so interesting is, you know, just the capital that goes into a lot of this. But we did have other breaking news that I kind of want to talk about too. And that is the departure of uh, outside linebackers coach Mike Smith. Very upsetting to me. He was my favorite coach. I have tweeted many a time that I could listen to his pressers for hours and hours, Um, but it sounded like it was mutual. Uh, Rob Domofsky reported that he was just interested in pursuing other opportunities. So the thing that I'm kind of curious about your thoughts with all of this is Rashawn Gary cried talking about the impact that Mike Smith had. And, you know, Mike Smith, when he was interviewed about the draft, talked about how that was like his guy and he was so excited and Whatever happens with Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith getting restructured, Rashawn is going to be like the face of the Packers edge rush for a long time. I kind of am of the camp that they'll take an edge rusher at 28. So this hiring for outside linebacker is huge. I think, you know, it's it's going to have a ripple effect on that entire room that is going to see an overhaul in 2022. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's so interesting to think about Rashawn going from outside linebacker number three, kind of raw prospect, nobody's really sure what he's going to turn into, to in literally one season, turns around as a rising star and is now going into 2022 going to be their number one pass rusher. It's been a very, very quick turnaround, and you attribute that to Mike Smith, like directly to his development. So I think just from a coaching perspective, that loss sucks that sucks because he clearly has a knack for this. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in. I, I'm of the camp that the Packers actually do a very good job of finding position coaches and whether that's internally hiring the assistant outside linebackers coach or bringing in maybe somebody that Joe Barry loves because Joe Barry is a linebackers guy. And I'm sure he has tons of connections, especially to that position group. Um, It will be interesting to see, but I agree with you. I think edge is clearly a need historically the Packers take edge in the first round as we have seen. So yeah, I think there's potential there and they're going to have to make sure that they bring in someone who can develop anybody new and also continue on with Rashawn's trajectory because I'm sure there's still more for him to grow into. I do think though that potentially keeping one of the Smiths, I think Zadarius at this point is a foregone conclusion, but With a change in position coach, I think it's going to become even more important to have a vet in that room. Yeah. And, you know, I maybe this is like a hot take or something, but if the Packers are really working on, you know, getting under the cap and they have to get rid of Zedarius and Preston, 
wouldn't surprise me a ton if Whitney Merciless is the guy that comes back to be the yes. vet in that room. It's a great idea. Yes. And he, <laughs> and he was also performing quite well in his, you know, semi-rotational role, got himself back from a torn peck to play in the yeah. divisional round. Like definitely a, a guy that also Lafleur clearly loves. There's a lot of changes. I don't know if maybe I'm having recency bias, but it feels like an off season of heavier changes in for the Packers than than the last couple of years. At least like regarding the Lafleur tenure, yeah, for sure. Lafleur came, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, lots to watch this off season. Lots to watch, and obviously we are getting into draft season we're in draft season maggie and i have started so <laughs> started start pro- draft prospects soon yeah well any any final thoughts on i mean i guess now now we know the packers have a quarterbacks coach i thought it was weird that they hired an assistant quarterbacks coach before they hired a quarterbacks coach so you know it was it was setting everything up all along so lots of changes maybe yeah. maybe even more on the coaching staff than on the actual roster going into next season at this point so far for sure so far yes um but I think when you set up, I think they're doing it right. You you set up the coaching staff and you get set there and then you go out and you fill in the roster where you need to. Yeah, this was fun. This turned into a very enlightening discussion. Yeah. Sometimes the best shows are the ones that we have no plan for. Yeah, we had a mini agenda. <laughs> we figured it out. We had a bullet point. We had bullet points. <laughs> all right, Perry, tell everyone where they can find all of our stuff. Um, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein on Twitter. Follow Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. Follow the podcast at PWSN Podcast on Twitter. Packs what she said on Twitch and Instagram. Um, our Twitch live shows have obviously paused for the off season. Um, so you can find our episodes where all of your streaming services are Spotify, Apple, Cheesehead TV, etc. And uh, go pack up, baby. Go pack up. is back in town. The Green Bay Packers are